So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the transition to midlife. And in that transition, I reference the idea of karma. Karma being this idea that is not about the public version, or at least the Western version, that is about some sort of external punishment for a deed done, but simply the culmination of your life's experience into this moment. And no book covers karma better than Sadhguru's book called Karma. It's literally called Karma. It's all about karma. And the the actual Indian version of karma and all of the details surrounding that. And how you can really start to understand your past experience, how that's led to today, and how to make better choices going forward. So if you want to go check that out at audibletrial.com slash dopamine, you can listen to the audiobook. Check that out, and I'll also put a link to the Amazon uh, link for the physical copy or digital copy in uh, the description of this podcast. And also we are revamping and reopening our Patreon. So patreon.com slash happy chemicals is the place to be for that. So patreon.com slash happy chemicals. If you want to support the channel financially, the, the podcast, that would be really amazing for me to continue to do this on a regular basis and uh, all that fun stuff. And we also have courses at happychemicals.org whatever suits your fancy. But without further ado, let's hit the button and do the thing here on Dopamine. Let's go. Listen to the 48 Hours Podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real-life dramas. From one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to Dopamine. My name is C-Note, a.k.a. Christian Rivera, and today I wanted to talk about the transition to midlife. This is a weird topic, because it's been very obvious to me lately that I've been pushing this down, (laughs) pushing the direction towards midlife down. Now, I'm 36. This is not like some... uh, This is not me necessarily calling myself old based on the number or anything like that. 
But in terms of my mentality and the way my life is right now and the way that uh, the trajectory going forward is calling me towards midlife, right? And I've talked about generational theory before and generational theory breaks the cycle of human development into four or five-ish main stages. You've got childhood, which is zero to 21 years old. Then you've got young adulthood, which is 21 to about uh, 41, maybe. And then you've got midlife, which is 41 to about 61, 62. And then you've got elder, um, which is everything else past that. And there is, uh, even though I'm 36 by number, there is a directionality that my life is heading towards and that is transitioning towards midlife. So when I talk about transitioning, this is not just like, this is not me saying I am in midlife. I'm saying that, that my direction is going towards midlife more than it is being in young man or young adult. And so there's a thinking that is starting to shift and, and the thinking related to me trying to figure out some of my own challenges with some motivation and a sense of stuckness and frankly, a little bit of a depression where not only with this pandemic that's been occurring the past few years, things around the world and uh, a, a lot of, a lot of the air in our existence uh, as of this recording, feeling like there's not a lot of movement that can be had. Uh, in, in my case, in my specific case, you know, Molly and I have been surviving. Like literally we've been paying our bills to the T basically every month, not a lot of room to save, not a lot of room to plan and think about the future. So there is this like stuckness. There is a struggle with we're making enough to pay the bills, but it's not just about surviving. I'm trying to find a path for myself towards thriving. And I've never claimed to be a financial success on this podcast. So I hope that's not a surprise um, or affects my authority in sharing this stuff with you. This is just my personal experience. And so some of the things that I'm learning around myself is that there have been, I've had some internal avoidances of leaning into the discipline and responsibility and uh, tone shift that comes with heading towards midlife. Because in midlife, there's this idea called the squeeze. Your parents are getting older and your kids are getting older, if you have kids, right? And if your parents are still around, that your parents are becoming a little more dependent or, or might need more of your attention or more of your grandkids' attention or their lifestyles changing. And then your kids are growing and changing and they need more time and attention and stuff like that. And you're in the middle figuring it all out, <laughs> you know, being the controller and moving things around and making everything work. Or at least that's the common circumstance. And that very much feels like the case with us. We've got the kids... Uh, not all the time, but, uh, when we have them, it's a balance and we're figuring out how to get ourselves in better shape while living the life that we want to live. And so 
the reason I'm talking about all this is because I've recently been exploring what is called the gods and goddesses in every man and every woman. And for every masculine energy, there's an opposing or a counterbalancing feminine force. And for every feminine uh, leading force, there's an, a balancing masculine force. And I think I have talked about that on this podcast a little bit. But I've recently, uh, I've been trying to figure out, I've been searching and trying to find, like, what is something that I'm missing here? There is a, I know that there's a part of me that feels like I repressed it as a result of this newer life, like going through a divorce in 2017 and transitioning to the life that I have now. I feel like in order to sustain this life that I have now, this, this quote unquote adult life, I felt like I had to repress something. And I don't really know what, I didn't really know what that was until I came across the Hermes archetype. Now the Hermes archetype is sort of somewhat of a trickster eternal child archetype. And I originally thought I was mainly a Hades archetype, which was more of like collective unconscious focused kind of delving into the land of the underworld. And that still exists too. Like these archetypes are not something that is one all consuming force, but maybe there's a dominant force. And I think in me, actually the dominant force is a Hermes force, which is kind of uh, flighty and communication focused, uh, goes between the underworld and the, you know, the earthly realms and is able to communicate some of the darker elements or some of the collective unconscious or some of the um, sharing stories of, of my experience, which is what I do here on dopamine. And a part of that with Hermes is this eternal child vibe, kind of Peter Panish. And while that's not something I've necessarily shared here on the podcast, a lot of my life before this podcast started and a lot of my energy was, especially as a young man, very vibrant, a lot of comedy, a lot of fun. I would be, I was very spontaneous and had a lot of moving relationships and, um, was kind of living on a whim. And I think that really counterbalances with like what has been happening for me in the last 10 years, that one of the reasons I went through a divorce is that I felt stuck. And one of the reasons I'm feeling a depression here now is because I feel stuck, but in kind of a different way where I'm very happy in terms of my relationship and literally where we live and all of this stuff, there is this emerging need to, to save money, to be a little bit more focused and all of that. And now I felt like I had to repress this like childlike part of me. And in a way I was protecting that childlike part of me because the, the child comes out and the child feels like I need to just be silly and I need to play and I need to not take on responsibility. And that assuming that basically any kind of charm or swindling or tricksterness is going to get me everything that I need where I need to integrate perhaps some more like Zeus energy and Apollo energy to like get things done and to take charge uh, and not just live in the underworld. In a lot of ways, I, um, 
I feel like I punished myself based on my, my karma, my personal experience. And so part of this being a Hermes archetype and being so trickster and fluid and moving through the world quickly, that leaves a lot of collateral damage. I don't know if you ever saw the show The Flash. That's based on the comic book character, The Flash. It's like there's this running joke that every time he leaves a room, he speeds off really fast and like papers fly everywhere. It's sort of the karmic equivalent of that. And now when I say karma, I don't mean the common colloquial version of karma where it's like some sort of external uh, doom is incoming, right? Some punishment from some God on high. That's not what karma is. Karma is simply the collection of your life's experience. And the collection of your life's experience culminates into the present moment that you're experiencing today. Every choice that you've made has led to who you are and is sort of opening doors for what's coming next. And so this stuckness that I feel like I've been feeling is this, it feels like the equivalent of having two doors in front of me and I keep choosing the left door. (laughs) And the left door keeps going to the same place and it keeps going in circles and over and over and over again. And there's a way to break karmic cycles and that is to choose the right door. But it can be hard if you don't know what the right door looks like or where the handle is, right? So me uncovering this Hermes archetype in terms of the gods, it's, it's a book called gods and every man and goddesses and every woman it's written in the eighties. So there's a lot of outdated, um, language and she's a little bit more of an aggressive masculine feminist from back in the day. So there might be some stuff that is not necessarily fitting with the times in terms of like comparisons or references, but, uh, is still good enough to, to read and get to know if you're trying to figure out what, maybe your archetypal energy is all about. And I think I should probably speak to this part real quick is that if you're someone that's coming to this podcast or has subscribed to this podcast through the idea of personality types, I think archetypal work or archetype work is something that comes after you've done some business success or, or done some growth in those areas of getting to know your four-letter code and then understanding cognitive functions, I think archetype is thinking about personality type in a much more nuanced way, a much more personal way. What is the vibe or energy that I bring, right? It's not necessarily making a one-to-one connection to cognitive functions, but the Hermes energy is kind of like my NE and FE energy, my extroverted intuition and extroverted feeling energy. Sometimes introverted thinking and extroverted intuition, but it's definitely a much more playful, even like my Enneagram uh, seven, I'm an Enneagram one, but my arrow line goes to seven and it's kind of like a, a trickster playful energy, right? And so I feel like I had to repress or protect this energy. It's like the eternal child was not ready to be an adult, and was either hiding or, or I was punishing it. I'm not really sure of the exactness. I could have been punishing myself unconsciously or hiding it or protecting it. And so in the past day or two, I've been really letting this energy out and trying to be more playful and think about, okay, what is the midlife version of this Hermes archetype? 
because if I try to bring out this Hermes energy now, I try to default into what I would have wanted to do in my 20s, right? It's like my body is physically changing. There's more aches and pains and I have to stretch in different ways and work out in different ways. I, at the moment at least, I can't work out to the degree I did when I was in my early 20s and just pushing myself and and having bad form, but it works out fine because your body heals pretty quickly and stuff like that. Whereas any little mistake, if I sleep weird, like something could get off alignments and (laughs) it just messes me up. And so I'm needing to learn how to take care of myself in a very different way entering this new territory of life. And so entering midlife is just kind of uh, accepting that there's a new stage occurring. And I think this Hermes energy, this Hermes archetype, understanding my attachment and fixation to wanting to be young and flighty and frivolous and reckless and all of this is feeling like if I want to keep my relationship going and wanting to keep this life going that I have to completely repress that. And that's just not the case. I'm in a place where there's a degree of synthesis right now that I'm needing to consider that I'm wanting to have more fun. I'm wanting to be lighter, but also putting that energy into substance and creating substance. And I think that's been the challenge for me in business arenas is that I can be persuasive in person. I can have an extroverted energy um, when I really need it, right? I'm not extroverted in totality, but that's why I've been basically accused, quote unquote, of being an extrovert on, on YouTube when I've done YouTube videos because I can be exuberant and I can be lively and I can be charming. And in person, I can be funny and I have, uh, <clears throat> there's just something I can access that is uh, something I've typically repressed most of the time these days for fear of that energy not being sustainable, right? I'm assuming that that playful energy is not going to be useful or helpful. And so like I was starting to say in business is that that trickster energy comes out unconsciously in maybe how I've been writing copy on Patreon, right? So I have patreon.com slash happy chemicals, which is the new address for our Patreon. And I was rewriting copy for like the tiers and stuff. And I realized that my previous copy sounded way too salesy and way too, um, like I'm trying too hard to convince someone to like me. (laughs) Like I'm trying too hard to convince you to buy something, right? And it just feels inauthentic. It feels, uh, it, it feels like I'm trying to trick someone. And it's not something I did on purpose. It's just what I thought would work. And I'm noticing how I've done that in so many different arenas. The way that I write copy for my uh, courses and things like that, right? So I've been reviewing things like that and taking down or redoing some introductions and and reworking some things so I can simplify and not feel like I have to trick someone into liking me. And I think that's the same thing with Molly is that my relationship with women in the past, for example, is I felt like I had to trick them into liking me. I felt like I had to persuade them 
or find some way to um, make them fall in love with me in some way, shape, or form, right? And it wasn't possible to be loved for who I am. And Molly has been the case where she loves me for who I am. And this, frankly, these facets of me that haven't been the Hermes energy, she's actually like wanting to see more of that. And it has been getting more previews of that. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to integrate that. So it's not just the Hermes energy, this like young man, uh, frivolous, intense energy is everything that's going to run the show. But how do I balance that with the uh, Apollo energy of showing up and getting things done? And then the Zeus energy of being like an authority and, and taking care of my kids. So I'm not just the playmate of their kids, but there's someone who respects and listens to me. And then also not ignoring the Hades energy, which is the shadow and counterbalance and getting to know the collective unconscious and bringing these things into the podcast, these things that are like a deep personal part of my experience to share with you in your growth experience. If you're someone that is also going through midlife and trying to figure out what this transition is all about. And so what I think I'd been doing was leaning on other archetypes to try to become a certain look or feel as an adult instead of evolving the Hermes part, right? And it's like all the other archetypes came in and just locked the Hermes archetype away. And that feels like a massive essence of me that I don't think is, is, um, is, is push awayable in a healthy way. And so this integration is bringing me life. It's, it's giving me more energy. Um, but is also going to require care and intention to not let it run the show or make frivolous choices or run away from everything that's going to be difficult that, um, we can get difficult things done, but do it in our unique, fun, interesting way. Another example is like my wardrobe. The first thing that I did actually was after I read all about the Hermes archetype and I was just blown away by how much everything connects with me. I went into my uh, bathroom cabinet and I immediately just started getting rid of all of the young man stuff that I was kind of holding on to, but not using. Right. I had like this axe pomade, <laughs> this, this pomade, which is like the, the stuff that holds your hair in place and uh, all these little colognes and scents that I don't wear anymore. And they were just like kind of taking up space in my cabinet. And I'm probably going to do that with my wardrobe as well. And now there are other energies that I learned to use in my 20s. Like I learned how to be business casual and I learned how to button up and be professional in certain contexts. And what I feel like I was doing was being completely different people in completely different contexts. And what I'm hoping this synthesis can do is merge it all together so that I can more fluidly move from one to the other, right? Like I can, I can get into Hades mode and get into the unconscious stuff, but then I can use the Hermes to like communicate that somewhere and use that as a connection tool. And then I can move up into Apollo energy and uh, accomplish things and focus on my work and supporting personality hacker and other clients. And then when the kids come over, tap into some Zeus energy, when I'm like 
no, I don't want to play Roblox. That game's dumb. <laughs> that drives me nuts. I don't want it. Um, and stuff like that. And being a little bit more uh, assertive. Uh, and stuff like that. So tapping into a couple of these different energies and, and not to mention the anima energies, the opposing, not the opposing, but the counterbalancing feminine forces. For me, my, my shadow, my ESFJ shadow is more of an Aphrodite character. And then my ENTJ like cognitive function shadow is more of an Athena or like a um, Medusa type. Medusa is not one of the archetypes that are listed in the books but kind of in that athena medusa based on my personal experience dealing with my own shadow that's kind of what's come up there as well so it's been really interesting to dive into various archetypes and figure out all of these like energetic modes that exist within me and to really get to know the complexity of my own personal experience it's almost like there are different characters within me it's not personalities in the sense that it's like a like um multiple personalities or like schizophrenia or anything like that though it helps me understand how that could exist or how that could happen if you're unconsciously shifting between those things but if i'm consciously becoming aware of these different energies it's again once i've become aware of this hermes energy I went back to like my writing and I was like, Oh, that's everywhere. And I was unconsciously doing it without realizing it. And so I can just become more consciously aware. And that's really all I'm saying is that with this transition to midlife, there is a conscious awareness that I personally had to make of an energy that I was repressing because I had this belief that adulthood had to look a certain way. And this belief that, adulthood looked the way that it used to look that it was a, a like a facsimile of my young adulthood but my young adulthood my young man energy is very different from the midlife man energy that i'm going towards and it's not necessarily slower it's more focused it's more thoughtful it's more mature but not less silly you know, I can still be fun. If anything, I could probably be more fun, but in a very different way, especially since I'm caring less and less. You know, as you get older, you care less and less what people think of you. It's much easier for me to be silly because I'm less concerned with that. And uh, so I think that's part of it. It's like moving from young man into midlife is like letting go of that social fear some more. And letting myself be silly and letting myself bring that authenticity to the work that I do, to sharing these stories with you, to, you know, being able to, to respond authentically on Patreon instead of trying to, you know, coerce and say like, hey, can you give me money? I really want to make this podcast work and I would really love it if you support the podcast because... I don't want to have to do other work and blah, 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 right. I just, if you believe in what I've been doing and this podcast has been helpful to you and you really want to support patreon.com slash happy chemicals is the place to do it. That's it. That's it. And I'm learning to let things be simpler and that I cannot just cover my tracks with, 
persuasion or, um, the, you know, the young man dizziness of excuses or whatever. That is time to settle in, mature, and still be fun, but focus and evolve. And that's really what this is about, is allowing myself to get unstuck and evolve in a forward direction instead of obsessing about a past direction. So I want to thank you for listening to this podcast episode and for the few patrons who are already supporters on patreon.com slash happychemicals. If you're an INTP and you're looking for personal growth advice, we have that available for you at happychemicals.org. We have a course available for relationships. We have one for productivity and one for general growth called the INTP Empowerment Guide. That is all about taking the cognitive functions, fleshing them out, diving into deep detail about how you can bring that into your personal experience and grow. And then also integrating the shadow functions to help you evolve in varying areas of life and to shift these energies around using the cognitive functions as a reference point. So go check that out at happychemicals.org. My name is Christian Rivera, aka C-Note, and uh, thank you for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode of Dopamine. See ya.